How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan Macklin, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Michael Farber. We are recording on Monday, May 16th. Um, today we will be doing a mailbag episode, so thank you to everyone who reached out to us and gave us questions. And um, if you have any questions after this episode, make sure to just DM us and uh, we'll get to them next time we do this mailbag. Um, but before we get into it, uh, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns roster, depth chart, recruiting targets, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check us out. With all that said, Michael, how you doing? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Um, got to mow my yard over the weekend, so now I'm dealing with some allergy stuff, but that's, oh, that's part of spring, so if you hear me sniffling or, or if I sneeze at once or twice, you know, just just ignore me, you know, I'm just here surviving. <laughs> How about you, though? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm on the same boat as you. I had to mow the lawn for the first time. It was getting long, you know, the neighbors were probably... <laughs> uh, MFing me behind my back, but yeah. you know, you, you kind of got to let it grow the first time. Um, you know, uh, make sure all your grass is green, um, give it some seeds. So, but yeah, so yeah, nothing crazy. Just mowed the lawn. Um, but all right. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's get right into it then. Um, all right. I forgot to say, I forgot to write down who wrote what questions. So, I apologize in advance to the listeners who are uh, waiting for a shout out, but um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just start it right off. Huh? Um, what is your hottest take for next season? My hottest take. Um, I'm going to say that we will score over 30 points against Alabama. Um, Whoa. I just think that this offense is going to be, um, you know, so explosive. Yeah. Um that even a great team and a great defense like Alabama is not going to be able to slow us down. I mean, they'll obviously slow us down and most likely win the game. Um, But I I think we're going to get our points and we're going to get them in bunches as well. Um, But, you know, it it all depends kind of on the O-line. You know, if the O-line comes up, comes to play and they show up that day, um, I could see us scoring, you know, almost 40 points against Alabama. I just think this offense is going to be super explosive. Um, and most of the games are going to depend on if the defense can get a stop or two, you know, down the stretch to, to widen the gap, um, in the point differential. Yeah, absolutely. And it, um, just for reference, uh, I'm just counting on my top of my head right now, but Texas scored 30 points, one, two, three, four, five, six, great podcasting here, six times, um, <laughs> Last year. So it, scoring 30 against Alabama is going to be a, a huge deal. Um, and you know what? My hot take is kind of in line with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to say Texas is going to have a top five scoring offense uh, for the 2022 season. Um, obviously, they're going to get some garbage, some garbage time points, um, not, not against Alabama, um, <laughs> against ULM. I, I think that they're going to score a lot. Um, UTSA, they should score a lot as well. Even though they were great last year, um, I think they're going to lose some guys. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, Baylor's going to regress um, defensively, uh, losing Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard, two of their best defensive players. So there's a few teams on on their schedule that I think they're they're gonna they're gonna really um, kind of bring up their season total and get into the top five in scoring offense. Hey, well, we saw last year, you know, we, we lost to Kansas, but we did put up almost 60 on them. So, I mean, exactly. if, we can, if we can do that, we're going to put up points no matter <laughs> what. It's just going to come down to if the defense can, you know, win us games or lose us games. Um, right. So, we're, we're going to score a lot of points this year, I, I guarantee it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, us both, you know, talking about the offensive side kind of hints to how – unpredictable this defense is really going to be for us right yep absolutely Um, yeah we just don't know what's going to happen but i think we all feel pretty good about um steve sarkeesian in year two and this offense um i guess kind of bouncing back because even though they ended the year pretty decently there was a lot of sputtering that was going on throughout the season and a lot of a lot of scoring droughts yeah, and I, I think that had to do a lot with um, quarterback play, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, we uh, – Texas as a whole was running like a well, well-oiled machine uh, before, you know, Casey obviously injured his uh, hand against OU. And that's kind of when the season just fell apart. Right. Um, you know, we had the huge lead on OU going into halftime and then – it just crumbled from there, and then we went on the what was it six game losing streak, um, and yeah, that's that's how you go five and seven. You know, we we played really well to start the year, um, outside of the Arkansas game, obviously, but but yeah, it it just seemed to fall apart uh, midway through the season, and and that had to do a lot with quarterback play. So um, if if Quinn Ewers is anything like we think he's going to be, um, then I, I think we'll be totally fine at the quarterback position for the next couple of years, at least. Absolutely. And even if, um, which I don't think is going to be the case. And I think you and I are in agreement that Quinn Ewers is going to win the job, but even if he doesn't, I think Hudson cards development is, there's something to be said about that too. Um, yes. no. and, and, and I, I think the baseline, the baseline for this Texas defense is going to be a, a top 15 finish. So, if everything's running like a well-oiled machine, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. and we in, actually improve on the uh, quarterback position with Quinn Ewers or a better Hudson card, I think top five is uh, is very doable. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And also, I mean, this is Xavier Worthy year two. This is Bijan Robinson hopefully having a fully healthy season. Um, the addition of Isaiah Nair and – Jordan Whittington with a full season as well. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of signs pointing that this Texas offense being really really good in 2022. Yeah, um, this this is easily the best offense um, Texas has had in the past 12 years, um, and it's right. probably the best offensive playmakers they've had in arguably the history a long time. Of, yeah yes um, because yeah. it's just stacked at that wide receiver position stacked at the running back position um tied in a little bit of a question mark because we haven't seen them in live live action outside of uh billingsley 
Um, and then yeah. quarterbacks, the the other question mark as well. But wide receiver and running back. I mean, we are we are set up very well at those two uh, position groups. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned the wide receiver position being so stacked. We'll head right into the next question about Jordan Addison joining Texas. And um, was Jordan Addison's visit a ruse to help clear USC of any tampering uh, allegations, or or do you think this was a legit? Uh, a legit try from Jordan Addison. Um, I think it was more of a um, going to see his old coach, uh, giving him that respect that he deserves. Of mm-hmm. um, he he helps you win a Blitzkopf, which is you know the best wide receiver in the country. That's that's a huge deal, right? Um, so I think he respected that and said, "I'll I'll go to Texas just to just to show my respect there." And and who knows, maybe maybe um, Brennan Marion and Sark were able to sell him on it. Uh, we obviously don't know yet. Um, I expect to hear something pretty soon. Um, but who knows? I, I still think it will end up being USC, but I, I think Texas made a bigger run at it than people actually um, expected them to when uh, he first entered the portal. Yeah, exactly. I think I think you kind of hinted at it here, but I don't think there was anything like nefarious about Jordan Addison coming to Texas just to clear his name for yeah. tampering or – I think it was like you said, which is a great point. I think Jordan Addison was just giving Brendan Marion the time of day, basically. You know, yep. he was giving him, like you said, that that respect to go. You know, maybe maybe he maybe he would fall in love with it. You know, yep. Um, where he's not taking many visits. Uh, it sounds like uh, Texas and USC were the only ones that were com- that were uh, scheduled, and he might take one to Alabama, but. Um, from what I've seen, that hasn't even been uh, talked about yet. Yep. So I, I think, like you said, I think it was more so joining us and just giving Texas the time of day because Brendan Marion uh, deserves that as one of the best wide receiver coaches and obviously a huge part to why Jordan Addison is as talked about and as big of a deal as he is. Um, but, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be – um, USC, I think there is way too much smoke um, for that to be anything but. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Texas did an unbelievable job um, with the chance that Jordan Addison gave them. And, and maybe he does reverse course and come to Texas. But um, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it happens. Um, you know, I, I was really excited about it when he was on campus, you know. Um, right. But I, I was I was under the impression, or I, in my state of mind, I was thinking that um, if he didn't commit before leaving Austin, then he wasn't going to Texas. <clears throat> that and, was my next point. Yep. And you know, he he didn't commit. Obviously, um, now he's he just finished up a trip at USC. So I, I think it's I think it's basically USC at this point. But who knows? Maybe uh, Steve Sarkeesian Steve Sarkeesian could uh, pull a rabbit out of his hat and you know have a you know, all time wide receiver room at Texas in year two. Really? Really? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, the longer that this drags on, obviously, if he takes a visit to Alabama too, maybe he starts contemplating some things. Maybe Texas has a better shot, but um, if we hear news in the next week or so, I would be shocked if Texas is the answer there. So, um, all right, let's move right along to uh, uh, next question. Who will be a breakout star next year? Someone's not someone who is not already identified as a dog. D A W G. 
Um, to me, this is like a next star, like they said. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll let you hit first. And I was going to do an offensive guy and a defensive guy. I don't know if, if, okay. if you got that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start off on defense and I'll let you hit yours and I'll jump over to offense. But okay. I'm going to go with um, Jalen Ford. I oh, I think nice. he's going yeah. to dominate this year. I think he's going to, you know, kind of take over what we thought DeMarvion Overshone was going to be. Um, I think Overshone's going to have a great year and he's going to, you know, be drafted in probably day one or day two um, in the draft just because of mm-hmm. his level of play. But I think Jalen Ford's going to solidify his spot and, you know, be the next guy after after Overshone uh, declares for the draft. Um, I think he's going to come in, play a lot of time, and he's going to play very well. And uh, he's going to, like I said, kind of solidify his spot of being the captain of the defense after, after Overshone leaves. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and I do really like Jalen Ford. I actually almost picked him as a defensive <laughs> guy. I'm glad I didn't, though, because, you know, we can talk about some more names. But, yeah, yeah I think I think you're right. I think he's going to be that Mike linebacker where DeMarvin Overshow never really turned into that. It was Luke Brockermeyer all the way last year. Yep. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And, and it's exciting to see because Jalen Ford is way – way better athlete um, and better in coverage than Luke Brockermeyer is. So our second level of our defense should improve drastically from that and including DeMarvin Overshone's development, which we should see. So um, we're going to talk about that a lot because I feel like year one is like such, it's so hard with a new coaching staff, whereas year two is where you really need to see some development at these positions. And then I guess, I'll hit my two right now. Um, on the defensive side, um, we'll stay there, and I'll say uh, Jade Barron. Um, I know we talked about him a lot, and he's one of my favorite guys on this team. Um, again, I think he was one of Texas's best coverage players last year um, with his limited snaps, and I think him playing in that star role as, as the nickel corner, I think he's just going to be um, awesome in that role. I think he's physical enough. Um, and obviously, like we said, he's a great coverage player. So I think he's really going to blossom and kind of solidify that spot while Anthony Cook moves to uh, that boundary safety spot. Um, so I'm excited about uh, Jade Barron. Yeah, I, I like him as well. You know, it was um, – we were all worried about him leaving, you know, to Oregon with all that tampering right. nonsense and all that that we talked about last week. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be a, um, kind of an up and comer, you know, he's going to surprise a lot of people that aren't Texas fans. Cause I, I know we all believe in him and we think that he's going to be really great this year, but I'm talking about like, um, people outside of, uh, right. big 12 outside of Texas football. Um, yeah. I think he's going to sur- surprise a lot of people and, um, uh, he's going to be very high on draft boards. Um, I don't know about this year, but probably next year, um, coming into the yeah, season. Yeah. There just might not be enough starting yeah. tape for NFL teams to take, yeah. he might just be better off coming back for, uh, for one last year after this year, if he does well, just to get in that uh, day one, day two conversation. Yeah. Um, especially if he can uh, do well in that nickel role and maybe move to the outside in his uh, last year, in his last year starting. Um, that would be great for, NFL teams to see. Um, all right, moving on to my offensive guy. Uh, I got Jordan Whittington. Um, I know it, he's 
I wouldn't call him a star right now. That's the only reason why I included him on this list. I think injuries have held him back from that. But if he can stay healthy for a full season, I think he is going to be an absolute star. I think um, he's going to be Quinn Ewer's guy on third down or Hudson Card um, <laughs> on third down over the middle. We kind of talked about this, I think, last week about him over the middle just being incredibly impressive. Um yep. And I like we said last week as well, he was wide receiver one coming into the year, and I didn't have any any worries about that. And he kind of proved why. Um, he had a great yep. couple of weeks, and then, you know, he kind of got injured, and um, he was just never the same after he came back. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to see a nice breakout from him, and I think he's going to declare for the NFL draft, and I think he's going to go in the first – uh, two days if he can stay healthy all of next year. Okay, um, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go go with the guy you're very high on, and I, I wasn't very high on um, before spring ball, but that's gonna yeah. be Tavion Sanders. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think he is going to surpass uh, Jaleel Billingsley. Yeah, if I'm being yep. completely honest, I think he's Absolutely. gonna take his starting spot. Um, I don't know about early in the season, but maybe midway through the season. Um, watching him in the spring game, it just seemed like he was on another level. Um, mm-hmm. He looked faster, bigger, stronger than everybody else on the field. And I, I think he made the right decision moving to tight end after after watching that. And I, and I know it's a, it's only a spring game, so it, it's hard to, you know, decide if, if a player is all that, you know, after a spring game. But, mm-hmm. but he looked very, very impressive, and, and I'm excited to see what he can do, you know, going into the season. Um, especially with this high-powered offense and a and a pass-heavy offense, um, I, I'm just excited to see what 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 he can do. Yeah, yeah, I, I almost put Tavian Sanders in there, <laughs> but I, um, I I wanted to talk about somebody different, you know. And I've talked about Joe Winnington a lot too, but yeah, um, something else that maybe swayed me a little bit is if we do get uh, Jordan Addison, I'm not, I don't know how much Tavian Sanders we're going to see, you know? Yeah, that's uh, true. We're going to see a lot more four wide receiver sets and Jatavian Sanders has a whole other year. He's only a true sophomore. So, yep. um, but yeah, I love Jatavian Sanders and I think he will take that starting job from Jalil Billingsley if he hasn't already solely because of his blocking ability um, and his yeah. willingness as a blocker and his physicality as a player, really. Um, Jalil Billingsley is only listed 215 pounds, which is crazy for a tight end. Um, I think that might be smaller than what Colin Johnson was as a wide as an outside wide receiver. Um, <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think Jatavian Sanders is just uh, a much – much better blocker and I think Steve Sarkeesian can do a little bit more with him in the lineup so I would not be surprised if if he has more snaps um early um but all right yeah uh we can keep on rolling here um question number four um your all-time favorite Texas football player and then in parentheses they put minus Vince Young but uh, <laughs> if you want to say Vince Young or if you want to say somebody else, go ahead. I'll uh, I'll let you go first because I, I think we'll we'll have pretty similar uh, player here. But I'll let you, I'll uh, let you take this one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine's Sam Ellinger. Um, I just think his 
he he brought so much stability to the quarterback room um, after years of no stability after uh, after Colt McCoy. Yeah, and I mean he's just a great all around person. I he I find myself still rooting for the Colts, and I still want to see <laughs> Sam Ellinger play. Um, when they traded for Matt Ryan, I was like, ah, oh, God, like he's he's not going to see the field unless he gets injured. Whereas when Carson Wentz was on the team, I was like, I don't know, I don't really trust Carson Wentz. He might actually see the field, um, and it didn't happen. But yeah, I think it's Sam Ellinger. Um, he's one of the best. Uh, quarterbacks that Texas has had, and I hope that he um, gets a chance in the NFL to start, and we can see him play on Sundays. But um, I don't know if that's who you were who you were thinking about. But I had another one who was one uh, A, and I'll let you take the floor now. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to go with uh, Ricky Williams. Uh, yeah, that was my one A. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but but I'll, I'll I'll do something a little different as well. I'll go with a uh, probably Colt McCoy. Um, you know, what what he did in his time, but that was kind of right after, you know, I kind of understood football a little bit more. And I was I was of the age where I kind of understood what was going on. I wasn't just, you know, staring at a TV. Um, but, yeah, Colt McCoy was, was everything to me growing up. Um, watching him against uh, Nebraska, you know, throw the ball away with one second left on the clock. You know, Mac, Mac Brown walking out of the field, holding up his finger, saying there was one second left on the clock in the Big 12 championship game. Um, and then, you know, against Alabama, I mean, I was devastated when, when, uh, he got hit. Um, was it Marcel Darius that hit him? I believe. Um, yeah, I think you're right. In the national chip. Yeah. And I, I was, yeah. and my dad's a big Alabama fan. So that, that was a, that was a clash right there, but, ah, uh, yeah. But Colt McCoy, man, I, I still love him to this day and, and, um, I still root for him in the NFL. Uh, you know, he played pretty well for the, for the Cardinals this past year as well, but, he he he's probably my all time favorite Texas Longhorn if I had to choose one. Yeah, you know what? And Colt McCoy is like such a cool story as a three star. Uh, yep. yep. As a three star guy winning the job over, um, I'm blanking on the name, the five star quarterback. Um, uh, I can't think of it either. <laughs> um. Well, anyways, uh, I will try to look it up, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, just the underdog story of him winning that job and um, and obviously leading Texas to the national championship and, until getting hurt. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find the name, so <laughs> I guess we'll just move on. Yeah. If it comes to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just comment below and say, hey, idiot, it was <laughs> something. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. Anyways, um, next question here. Um, is there a player flying under the radar that should be one to watch come August? Now this is one that's kind of similar to the breakout star that we just answered, but I kind of took it as more of, um, somebody who maybe is a fringe starter who's going to break out and become like a solidified solid player. Maybe not the next star on the offense and defense, but somebody who's going to be good and who we're going to be excited for going into next year, or maybe he uh, elevated himself to getting drafted uh, in the NFL next year. So um, I don't know if you want to take this one first. Uh, I was going to do offense and defense though, again. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, and I'll start with offense. And then we'll kind of do the same thing with the last time. Excuse cool. me. <clears throat> um, 
but I'll go with Jonathan Brooks. Um, I, I obviously he's not going to yeah. be drafted next year, but I, I think he's really going to um, show out when he gets his opportunities. Um, you know, I, I hopefully this year we're up big enough where we don't have to play our starters the whole game, and um, some of the backups and fringe starters get a lot more playing time. And um, if that's the case, I expect Jonathan Brooks to have a really good year for being basically running back three or running back four on this roster. I, I expect him to get quite a few touches. And, and you know, in the spring game, again, he, he looked really, really good um, breaking off runs and running people over. He just looked really good. So I, I think Jonathan Brooks is going to be the guy who kind of shows out and solidifies his spot um, starting, you know, next year, if, if both uh, Roshan and Bijan enter the draft. Yeah. And I think, I think I, we keep saying it, but I think you just got to, think that Roshan and Bijan are both going to be gone, especially Bijan. Um, yeah. And like you said, I, I I think we're both pretty high on Jonathan Brooks equally. And I think he's he's going to be a really good uh, three down back when his time comes. Um, yeah. He's super, super consistent. And he impressed so much in that spring game. Um, and now kind of sticking with the run game here, um, the guy I picked on offense is Hayden Connor um, on the offensive line. I think I think he played pretty well um, at right guard last year, and I think the fact that and I think his worst his worst trait was actually in pass protection. Um, I think at times he kind of got lost and he kind of lost his assignment, lost his guy, and it caused some pressures. Um, but the fact that Kyle Flood, and um, I'm sure Sarkeesian had something to do with it as well, but they moved him to left tackle um, when Andre Carrick went down. I think that kind of shows that they have a lot more trust in him going into this year. Um, And now I know that we have Kelvin Banks and Devon Campbell uh, coming in, but I just don't see Hayden Connor giving up his starting spot um, to one of those guys. I um, I think Devon Campbell might actually be on, be the sixth man off the bench um, because Hayden Connor is going to solidify that spot at right guard. So, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, you know, it, I'm 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 super high on Devon Campbell and Kelvin Banks, as you know, mm-hmm. and we we always right. disagree on this, but um, I kind of feel like they're gonna they're gonna play early and they're gonna play a lot. Um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian his quote the other day about uh, when the new offensive line to get on campus, the best guys are going to play. Um, yeah. And, and I, I kind of agree with that, but like, I do see your point of, you know, throwing them to the wolves early because they are what, two, three months into college playing yeah. Alabama week two. That that's scary, <laughs> especially for right. 20 years. Um, but yeah, I, I could see Hayden Connor solidifying a spot on the, on the offensive line, especially going into the next year. And then, Having Devon Campbell and Kelvin Banks around him would be would be awesome, especially with Jake Majors solidifying the center spot. Um, yeah, but yeah, that, I I could see it happening for for sure. Yeah, you know what? I think the the problem is is I would love if if Kelvin Banks comes on and Devon Campbell come on and they're the best two or they're two of the best five offensive linemen for Texas. Um, I think that's great if they start. Um, I have no problem with them starting then, but I think it's a little bit of an indictment on Kyle Flood 
um, not being able to develop guys like Hayden Connor and Andre Carrick and yep. Christian Jones um, in year two to where they can't get, they can't fight off two incoming freshmen who are, like you said, two months into their college careers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's where I would have the problem. I wouldn't have the problem with them starting. I would have a problem with Kyle Flood's development because as we know, and this kind of goes into our next question, but we still got a couple names to hit first, but <laughs> the development at Texas has been not great, especially, yeah. especially along the offensive line. So um, I guess I'm more so hoping that uh, Andre Kerr kind of solidifies that left tackle spot. And um, I feel good about this one, like I said, but also hoping that Hayden Connor solidifies that right guard spot. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'll go right into the defensive side now. And, um, I'm going to say Ovia Gofu. Um, now he's a guy who is not a, like a young player, kind of like Hayden Connor was. Um, but I think he's going to, I think he's going to improve a little bit, um, from last year. Last year he led the team. Um, I say kind of, half joking, (laughs) you know, um, which isn't great. Um, nobody on the Texas defensive line was particularly good. Um, Byron Murphy was to his extent, but he didn't get much playing time either. So, um, but I think year two of, of, with, uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, I think Ovia Gofu is going to be a really solid starter and, um, probably get his name, into the NFL draft, uh, maybe as a day three edge player or something, but a place where he isn't projected to be going um, as of right now. So I think he's going to bump his stock a little bit before uh, graduating and heading to the NFL. Um, but, and you know what? Ovia Gofu was also, he was a decent run defender last year. I think it was mostly as a pass rusher, everybody on Texas was kind of lacking. So Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'll go with... Uh... Jaron Thompson, uh, oh, you know, yeah. Katan or yeah, Katan or Keaton Crawford, sorry, yeah. uh, took his spot, you know, at safety over the spring. I think he comes back and wins his wins his spot back, um, and I think he plays really well uh, at that safety spot. I really like him. I liked him last year, um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to come on in the summer and, and he's going to win his job back and you know not let go of it. Um, going through this year and and even next year into a uh, uh, 2023 season. Yeah, I like that actually because you know what, I I like Jaron Thompson a lot, and I think I think Texas has a little bit of problem on their hands in a good way where they might have six guys um, who can legitimately start. Yeah. Uh, in that secondary, I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Jameson is the worst uh, defensive back. Um, in that secondary, just because he, although he's such a great playmaker, he also takes a lot of risks and he's not like uh, fundamentally sound. Um, yeah. He'll lose yeah. his guys a lot trying to make a play or trying to look for a play to be made. Um, so I could see a, a, a scenario where maybe Jody Barron slides to the outside and um, Jaron Thompson slides that star role as a, as a nickel because he did spend some time there last year, or I'm sorry, uh, this spring. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him, you know, get on the field somehow. 
Um, and it's nothing against Keaton Crawford. I think he's a fantastic player. I just think uh, Jared Thompson, with the experience he has, uh, yeah. getting significant playing time last year, I think he needs to come back and prove to himself and to the coaches that, that you know, he's in it, he's ready to compete, and he wins his job back. Uh, I just feel like that's something that's going to happen, and I hope it does happen because I really like Jared Thompson uh, at that safety spot. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the biggest thing going for Keaton Crawford right now is his athleticism. He yep. is uh, one of the fastest guys on the team, obviously, with Keelan Robinson and um, incoming Brennan Thompson, who might be <laughs> yeah. faster than all of them. But um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think Keen Crawford has that going for him right now. Um, not to say that that it should stop them from putting in Thompson if he's out playing Keaton Crawford, but um, it's just one of those tiebreakers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the athleticism. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, like I said, I think Texas has six solid options on paper. Um, at DB, assuming guys like Deshaun Jameson um, develop and in, in Keaton Crawford develop from last year. Absolutely. But, okay. Um, now here comes uh, what I kind of alluded to earlier with the development. Um, lack of development, I should say. <laughs> what caused Texas football to regress from t- 2018? Oof. Um, I know it's very nuanced. If you, if you want to collect your thoughts, cause I know you didn't get this question ahead of time. Um, I can lead off, but if you got something off the dome, go, go nuts. I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll start it off. I think, um, it got to their head, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, we beat, which, which was a great win over Georgia, but we beat a pretty beat up Georgia team coming into the game. Um, they had several yeah. players sitting out for the draft as well. Um, so in my mind, I think we coming out of that game, you know, beating Georgia, we thought we, we were there, you know, we, we yep. were at the mountaintop when we were not even close. We were already halfway up. Well, um, Sam Ellinger said it, right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. We're back. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yep. that's what we get clowned about all the time. Yeah. But, but I think that's really what hurt us the most is, um, you know, it, it's, it's weird saying that winning a football game hurt, hurts you, hurts your team, but. I think it just got us in that mental standpoint of where we are back at the top. You know, we are Texas yep. again. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that players in the offseason slacked off or anything, but that's kind of how it seemed. Um, we came out flat and we, we did what we always do, which was play down to our competition, play up to our competition. Um, and yep. that, that's kind of what Tom Herman teams always did. Um, you know, you saw with Maryland, with Kansas. Um, squeaking out victories against Kansas, you know, that's, that's never fun. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think that's just what happened is the mentality of we beat a top tier team when that team was beat up um, injury wise and, you know, players sitting out for the draft. I, I think that just hurt uh, Texas and, and we got ahead of ourselves thinking that, you know, we, we are a top tier team now because we beat Georgia kind of thing. Yeah. And you know what, you kind of, you, you mentioned it, but, Texas playing up and down to the competition. Don't forget, in 2019, the year after they won, they took LSU, maybe the best college team, some people say, in uh, the history of college football. Um, I mean, I don't think you and I agree with that, but they (laughs) took them to the wire, right? I mean, it was a 45-38 game, and it was a Colin Johnson onside kick recovery away. I can vividly remember this, right? Yeah. Um, and I believe this is also the game where uh, 
um, oh my gosh, um, the running back who just got drafted. Keontae Ingram. Thank you. Keontae Ingram uh, dropped a touchdown pass, a wide open touchdown pass on fourth down. Yep. He did that to start the game, and then, you know, it was the famous Todd Orlando all-out blitz on third and 17 that, you know, lost us the game. Oh, um, yes, that's so, right, yeah. So that was, that was not a fun night. Well, it was yeah, a fun night no. until the end. It, <laughs> it was, yeah, exactly. And you know what? Playing out what LSU did to everybody else, it's like, wow, Texas, like, kind of yeah. gave them the best game of the year, right? Um, so, I mean – but like you said, and then we go on to lose to TCU that year, um, who wasn't ranked at the time. Iowa State, we lose to them as well. Yep. So, um, and then we lose a close one to Oklahoma uh, in the Red River Shootout. So, yeah. Um, overall, we just like you said, Tom Herman's teams just they never really um, developed and built on that season. And actually, they just kept regressing from there. Yeah. Um, yep the 2020 season got even worse. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's a very nuanced answer because it's a lot of just, we would get the recruits, but we just wouldn't be able to develop them into anything, um, you know, significant for, for this team yeah. and for the future. So, yeah. um, and that 21 season were, I mean, Texas lost a ton of players, you know? Um, yep. <laughs> they lost, <laughs> they lost, um, you know, uh, Sam Ellinger, obviously, uh, starting quarterback. They lost their best pass rusher in a long time in Joseph Osai. Um, one of their best DBs in Caden Stearns. Their best offensive tackle, Sam Cosme. Um and then another defensive uh, lineman, Tiquan Graham. So they, they lost a ton, a ton of talent. And Steve Sarkeesian is trying to, you know, take out of all of uh, Tom Herman's culture and bring in his own and his own guys. And um, it, it just it just didn't work uh, last year. But yeah. and that's not to say it won't work. Yeah, and even to expand on that, I mean – Keontae Ingram, he transfers to USC. Um, The running back room is fine, but, I mean, could you imagine that three running backs of, you know, Bijan, Keontae, and Roshan? That's that's a great running back room. Uh, We lost Joshua Moore halfway through the season. Um, Yes. And and there was more as well, but, uh, you know, I'm going to miss guys. But the the roster was kind of depleted. And I I think I'm kind of silly looking back thinking that, you know, we were going to run the table, <laughs> you know, that, right. that's yeah. what a lot of people were thinking. Um, especially after, you know, going into the OU game, we were like, we, we could actually win out and, you know, win the big 12 championship. Right. Um, yeah. but that's that, what we call Kool-Aid drunk. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and we seem to do it every year, but I mean, this, yeah. I, I don't know. It just feels different this year with this team. Um, there's a lot more talent. The offense is obviously, you know, loaded with talent. Um, the defense, like we've said many times already, is, is the biggest question mark here. You know, is the defense going to make stops so we can win games? Um, if they don't do that and they give up, you know, 40 points a game, we could be looking at another 5-7 and seven season just because, you know, you can't always outscore your opponent. Um, right. So so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But 
I'll try not to buy it too much just yet. Oh yeah, no, you have to. We need the clicks. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, no, I, I I do agree, and it's it's tough not to buy in because on paper Texas always has a really talented team because, like I said, they do get the recruits. Yep, um, yep. that's never been a problem. So, and obviously, I mean, this year they had a ton of uh, new recruits, including one of the best quarterbacks um, in the portal in Quinn Ewers. So it's tough not to buy into these teams um, in the transfer portal alone. They, they got a bunch of four-star players and guys who should have been four-star players looking back like Isaiah Nair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, like you said, it will be interesting and you kind of, we do just have to wait and see to see how this development goes. Um, like I said, especially with the offensive line, if, if guys like Andre Carrick and um, Hayden Connor aren't starting at the end of the year and not because of injury, just because they're getting outplayed by uh, Devon Campbell and Calvin Banks, maybe that's not an indictment on Kyle Flood. Maybe it's just those guys aren't it and Calvin Banks and Devon Campbell really are. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it could just be that, Kyle Flood just failed to develop these guys as well. And now we're kind of spinning in our own little circle. Like we have. Been. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, it, it could be, you know, that Kyle Flood wasn't able to develop those guys, or it could be, you know, that he doesn't see them fitting his scheme, you know, his scheme of play. Yeah. Um, right. So, so there's, there's multiple factors there. Uh, if, if Devon Campbell and Kelvin Banks come on and, and beat out a couple guys, I'm not going to be too worried about it, but you know, yeah. if, uh, if, uh, Connor Robertson comes on it and beats out a couple guys. I, that's when I'll start to worry then. Um, right. Yeah, unless unless true. he's some, you know, great athlete, great offensive lineman that we got to steal, you know, mm-hmm. in the draft, in the, not the draft class, the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if that happens, then I'll start to worry a, bit, a little bit. But five stars coming on and starting right away, um, especially with how the offensive line played last year, I, it wouldn't scare me that much. Yeah, I think it's more so the position too. I wouldn't be saying this if it was a if it was a wide receiver or yeah, the, uh, yeah. you know. I think it's the offensive line is just such a, um, it's like uh, it's like its own little team, I guess. You know, you're playing with five guys in unison, so yeah. to see two freshmen come in with a few months of college experience, beat out guys who have been playing together. Um, more than all spring, actually. They've been playing together for a few years now. Um, that would be troubling. But yeah, like yep. you said, um, maybe it's just because these aren't Kyle Flood's guys. So maybe it is just that, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's tough not to read into it. But, um, you know, something else I want to bring up that we haven't really talked about much. Maybe we have, and I just forgot. But <laughs> um, going into the 2021 season, um, Steve Sarkeesian picked out a lot of these defensive uh, position coaches before bringing in Pete Kwiatkowski. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Bo Davis, obviously, was already on the team before Pete Kwiatkowski. Um, Terry Joseph was, too. And so was a uh, Blake Gideon, if, if I recall. So, really, Pete Kwiatkowski only really hired Jeff Choate with him. Yeah. Um, yep. So, you know... Terry Joseph and Pete Kwiatkowski are kind of guys who are working hand in hand um, 
with the passing game and um, in the front seven. Um, so maybe you're two of those two together. Maybe that kind of meshes a little bit more with the addition of Gary Patterson kind of helping um, see things from another light, even a third point of view almost. And um, maybe Pete Gritkowski kind of coaches up Bo Davis, who obviously is a great coach, but um, maybe he doesn't know exactly what Pete Gritkowski is looking for in the defensive tackle or a heavy defensive end um, like Alfred Collins played kind of last year a little bit. So um, kind of getting the coaching staff a little bit of cohesion themselves um, could be huge and, um, you know, could provide a, a nice little jump into the 2022 season. Yeah. And, you know, all the, all the stats you've looked at, um, everywhere Pete Kukowski's been, his first year has been pretty bad. And yeah. his second year has been a big leap. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that continues here at Texas as well. Um, but like you said, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. And it's, it's, uh, it's taking forever to get here. <laughs> you know, I, I was yeah, trying to speed right. up and we get to August and start getting to football, but, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, exactly. We talked about it off air a little bit. I kind of joked. But I'm like, these are kind of the dog days of Texas football, <laughs> college football in general. Like, yeah. it's 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 a lot of um, you're like we've been saying. You kind of gotta try to not get too excited about these teams, but it's so hard to because, like we said, Texas on paper has the players. They yeah. just need to. It's like it's so hard to figure out like how it's all going to work together, you know, and how these yeah. coaches are going to develop each other and themselves and obviously the players as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, all right. Um, this is our last question on the mailbag. Um, are, is there going to be any baseball commentary coming from us soon? Um, I'll take this um, first and then maybe you can build on it or, or something but um right now is um pretty new as a website and obviously as a podcast as well but um for now i think we're just going to kind of focus on football and kind of just put all our effort into it because um truthfully we just don't have the uh the content creators to to really expand and put out a good product i want to be elite as a football uh, content producing website before we kind of branch off into basketball and baseball. And I mean, hopefully eventually even swimming and diving because Texas is so elite at that and <laughs> tennis and volleyball and track and field. So um, yeah, it's going to be, it, I think it's going to be a little bit, um, we're going to keep chipping away, but um, for now, I think we're just going to kind of focus on football and, like I said, kind of get elite at that one thing before we, uh, before we get into um, other sports. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Ryan. Um, you know, it, I feel like it'd be better to be really good at one thing and, instead of mediocre at everything. Um, right. So, you know, we're going to focus on football right now. That That's the big selling point for Texas. Um, you know, no matter how bad the teams are, no matter – what the record is at the end of the year, there's going to be um, a lot of Texas football fans out there. Um, so, so we're trying to filter our content to them. Uh, even in the off season, like we are right now, uh, like, like Ryan said, it's the dog days right now. We're, we're trying to 
figure out stuff to do and, and, and it's fun doing that trying to think of new ways to bring content to you guys um but yeah it hopefully um you know in the next uh year or so by the end of the year we can find somebody around the austin area and they could maybe they could start chipping in for um baseball and basketball and softball and uh, women's basketball as well um but for right now it, it's going to be strictly uh football until until we add somebody else who who uh who has the time to follow baseball a little bit more or, or any other sport uh, at that. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, if you're listening and you're at all interested in content creation, writing articles, doing podcasts, maybe even a YouTube, um, feel free to DM us um, on our personal email or on our personal Twitter accounts, I should say, or um, at Texas talk underscore on Twitter, because um, like I said, we're looking for, uh, contributors. So, um, and, uh, yeah, we're trying to expand. So, um, with that, I don't have any questions. Do you have any, uh, do you have any questions, uh, for the mailbag, Michael, or are you ready to uh, get out of here? Uh, I I don't think I have any, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll think of some right after we get off. Obviously that, that always seems to happen. I'm like, Oh, I should have said that or something like that. (laughs) Um, but, but right now, no, I, 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 I really thank you guys for, you know, listening to us and, and putting up with our terrible takes and our hot takes and all that. Um, <laughs> but, but we really do it for you guys. And uh, we love the feedback. We love the questions, you know, we'll have to do a mailbag again soon. And, and uh, hopefully next time we have enough questions where we have to split it into a two part, um, two part mailbag. Um, but, but yeah, we enjoy the questions. So keep, keep submitting them and uh, let us know how we're doing and let us know, you know, what we should change and, Give us the, the give us the uh, critique our critique our podcast so to speak, um, you know let let us know what you like let us know what you don't like and and uh, we'll work and try to be the best we can um, to get the best content out to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the quarterback I was thinking of earlier that Colt McCoy beat out was uh, Javon Sneed. So. Um, oh, okay. Yep. I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, <laughs> end the podcast without knowing that answer. So um, if you already uh, DM'd me or added us on Twitter, um, don't worry. I got it. We're all good. <laughs> um, but all right. Yeah. With that, um, like I said, at the top, make sure to check us out at texas-talk.com um, and make sure to leave us a review and um, subscribe to us. Like uh, like Michael said, we're going to be doing mailbags again. So hopefully you just keep flooding us with questions and we'll get to them um, in another episode or hopefully a two-parter. So um, with that, thank you all for listening. And as always, uh, hook them. Hook them. <laughs>